Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I am joined by Milos. And Josh Krubner. Hello! And we are here to review uh, a recent theatrical release, although it might be coming up toward the end of its cycle at this point. I'm not really sure. Uh, Gareth Edwards, The Creator, starring uh, John David Washington, Ken Watanabe, and Gemma Chan. Was there anyone else of note in here? I, I don't think so. Not really. Oh, yeah, the kid. Uh, yep. Okay. Um, okay. So normally we, for older films, we would talk about, you know, what our first impressions historically were of this. This is a, a fairly new release. I think it came out like two weeks ago, maybe three two weeks ago, something in that range. Um, so instead of that, we'll do what we normally do with newer films, September where we're just going to talk about what was it that drew us. Okay, yep, and I did go, you and I did go on September 29th, I believe. I know I did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, instead we can talk about what exactly drew us to this movie, uh, as far as what actually made us put the theatrical money down to see it. Uh, Milos. Uh, basically, I actually have, uh, uh, at one point before, so this like 20 whatever 29 that he came out a couple of days before i actually did a picture and i saw three movies at the movie theater and uh, there was a lot of trailers in the world and uh, was the creator and i saw the trailer i saw uh, uh john david washington and i saw from the creator rogue one and, uh honestly just uh call my attention good movie i was nice. like this looks interesting. We're watching movie theater, definitely. And I yeah. uh, wasn't disappointed. Absolutely loved it. Nice. And Josh, you saw this recently. Did you have reasoning beyond the fact that you knew we were going to record this? Um, I was going to watch this in general. I'm not a big Gareth Edwards fan. I will say this is probably my favorite of his movies. Um... You know, it's a sci-fi movie. I rarely will let a sci-fi movie go by, especially one that I know everybody else is going to check out. Uh, the marketing blitz for this was great. I mean, they kept running posters, I think, with the Rogue One font. And then, like you said, they put, you know, from the creator of Rogue One, um, so much so that, like, every Star Wars group on social media is, is promoting it. And people think, like, oh, it must be a Star Wars thing. When I first saw it, I thought it was a Star Wars thing, and then I was like, no, this is something else. So, um, But yeah, no, I, I was going to watch it regardless, and then I just I didn't know that you guys had all seen it already and we were going to do it, so I was like, oh, let me get a jump on it. So nice. I also attended a theater on Wednesday. Okay. Wait, so you I, actually... I might not have seen this movie saw? in that theater, but I, I was in the theater. Okay. <laughs> Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I I do want to credit them. Yeah, I do want to credit whatever studio made this. My is this a Disney thing? I didn't really look. Um, I do want to credit whatever. So it's okay, so, so it yeah, it, be, is a, it, it might be a leftover from. It's, it's uh, yeah, under the Disney umbrella. 
It'll be on Disney yeah, Plus for sure. It was probably something left over from out under twenty years or under centuries, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, I do want to credit them for the, as you said, Josh, for the marketing of this, just because, I mean, this must have been a hard movie to market when you don't with the with the actors strike still going on now, even when you don't have anybody that can go out and and promote this thing and even really explain what it is like i mean i think this this thing and it i don't think this thing's making a ton of money it was also made say, for, it didn't make any money i mean it's already going to be hitting digital so you know it is? I, I don't think the, the marketing campaign was successful it's just it was catchy and those of us who run in those circles were more likely to see it the general public i mean they don't see sci-fi movies like this anyway unless they have right. like an actual like movie star attached so you know yeah i think this movie... box off go ahead Moji, it's sitting on 63 million so definitely no. not making money no no, no. that's too bad because it's really good um definitely, i think definitely because it's a really good movie yep i think something like this would have been helped at least a little bit by you know if if promotion and stuff were functioning as it normally does by John David Washington doing the circuit. Um, and maybe by having him and the little girl do the circuit. I'm not sure. I think it might've helped a little bit. Um, but you know, maybe, like I mean, they're kind of both virtually unknown. So like I said, I mean, the general public just does not care about sci-fi movies anymore. Uh, yeah. unless there's like a will or Keanu Reeves or The Rock or somebody. And even then, it's it's like 50-50. So. It almost has to have some franchise name on it for anybody to care. Um, well, and that's why they went with, you know, the whole, like, Rogue One. I mean, it even looks like... Um, what the hell was the, the planet in that one? The the planet the, at the, the end? That the they, main planet that they're on that they blow up at the end. It's like... Oh, Scarif. Uh, yeah, a lot of people look like that. A lot of it yeah. did like that planet Scarif, yeah. Um, I did, going through it, I did kind of go like, oh, that looks just like something out of Rogue One. Okay, yeah. Uh, especially the the platform thing at the end, like it just kind of reminded me of the Death Star. I'm going to say even the ending and the whole, you know, it's almost like Andor and uh, Jyn Erso. Really yeah, yeah, I definitely got those vibes. Okay, so I do know that this plot, you know, I Josh, you're actually going to do the plot on this one because you saw this more recently than we did. Um, so, and this plot does, there is some out of chronological order stuff, so feel free to approach it however you like. Um, uh, I don't envy, okay. I don't envy this one. <laughs> so, basically, the story is um, Los Angeles has been nuked at some point in the relatively recent past and in the not too far off future uh we live in a world that's populated by robots that are absolutely not replicants uh because they basically look like human faces and then like they have weird endoskeleton heads showing through the back so you can you can always spot them um the Robots are, of course, the ones who nuke Los Angeles, and the world government has come together to rally against them. 
But instead of just immediately going to war on them and like taking them out, they've kind of pushed them off into like their own little like enclave that they're calling New Asia. Uh, but they know where all the robots are at all time. And then there's kind of like a, uh, you know, tactical back and forth with them trying to take out specific robots. Um, our main character is uh, Sergeant Joshua Taylor, and his wife is a sympathizer for the robots, and she's kind of like a, a covert double agent. Um, she is presumed dead, Alec Trevelyan style, so you absolutely know she's not dead. And uh, we find out later that she might or might not have been pregnant, and now there is a new super weapon that is basically able to target anything anywhere in the world using this space station that the government put up called Nomad. And they think that this super weapon is going to be used to destroy Nomad. And he's sent back in to basically destroy the super weapon, at which point it turns into Children of Men and we find out it's a little girl. Uh, but it's also a robot. So he names this robot Alfie. It gets a little bit confusing because she has many similarities with his wife. Uh, there's another couple characters that were like sympathizers with the robots, but it doesn't make sense until we get to our twist reveal. Uh, and if you haven't guessed it already, I am not the biggest fan of this movie. I will say it is exceptionally directed. Like I said, it is my favorite Gareth Edwards movie. Um, it's one of those movies where, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Looper, but Looper is just beyond stupid. Uh, it's one of those movies where it's written and directed in such a way that unless you stop to think about it, most people will think like, wow, this is really, really good. This movie does not make any sense with all of the rules and everything that they establish in their own universe, because basically the robots are immortal and if you want to download your consciousness into a robot, you can do that. And then you're effectively immortal, which kind of gives us like the, the Star Trek thing with the patterns. And, you know, why don't people just basically choose to live forever or keep, you know, pseudo cloning themselves. Um, but then we also see that the robots have regular functional human anatomy and can be like mortally wounded, but then they can be rebooted like nothing happened. So that part is where it kind of lost me. Um, the whole government conspiracy back and forth, like it's a little bit on the nose. There's definitely messages of things like, uh, you know, misleading information. Um, there's unfortunately a, a very topical allegory as to, you know, perpetually warring nations and which one could be perceived to be in the right at any given time. Um, and of course, we find out spoilers that. The robots did not nuke Los Angeles. The U.S. government did it because, you know, the U.S. government. Uh, and then they blamed the robots and they've lied to humanity ever since. I I kind of thought it was, from what I remember, I, I thought the Ken Watanabe robot said, like, it wasn't like they, the U.S. government didn't intentionally nuke themselves to blame it on the robots. No, no, it was it was a complete accident, but rather than yeah. own up to it, they were like, the robots did it. <laughs> yeah, they just fucked up and then blamed it on the robots. Yeah. Right. 
Um, yep. so, so yeah, that's yep. the basic plot. You all, uh, you guys you obviously enjoyed it a lot more than I did. Don't you also find out that the, um, the big twist is also that he finds. Well, I, I was going to wait until we like kind of went through the whole movie and then we can talk oh, yeah, about yeah, that. Cause yeah, at that point I was that. just like, so checked out. I was like, I saw this coming. It doesn't make sense. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was, I really enjoyed this, uh, just because I am personally somebody who, like you, I, I re very rarely let um, original sci-fi movies go by without a, taking a shot at them. And, um, yeah, well, I think you're right that some of the aspects of this plot don't necessarily make a ton of sense if you think about them too hard. This thing is beautiful to look at. And oh, absolutely. <laughs> For the vast majority of the 215, I was just like, oh, that's pretty. Okay, yeah. I don't I don't want to think about how much money they're spending on all the effects here, but this is really pretty to look at. Um, and I think uh, John David Washington does a solid job. Um, he's, I'm sort of, I might be in the minority, but I, I don't think we've seen his best work yet. Uh, if you look at, you know, the three major movies that he's done, which off the top of my head are this, Tenet, and Black Klansman. He just always comes off to me as kind of flat a lot of yeah. the time. And I and I know it's kind of unfair, like, when you think about who his father is, and, you know, he's probably in some way trying to get away from that immediate comparison. But, like, I, I, I think he does have a lot of... Is I he Denzel's he, kid? Yes. Yep. Oh shit! I I had no idea. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do think he I do think he has a lot of talent. Uh, I just don't think we've seen what his best work is yet. Um, I mean, his father is one of my all-time favorites, and uh, he definitely does not compare. So, you know, <laughs> this, yeah, is, no, this is this is kind of like. Uh, I saw him last time. I saw him was in the. Uh, the Russell. Okay. Uh, yeah, he was in. And at this point, like, after Lieutenant, I'm like, he's in it. I'm probably going to watch it just for yeah. that aspect. So, I just. Yeah, he's still not like. Um, I don't think he's a must watch for everybody. But he's mm -hmm. to deliver it. It's like, if he's in a movie, you know how he picks, how he is choosing what he's going to be in. Like toys and all, all this stuff. As long as in it, I'm gonna be like, well, I mean, he's gonna give it a look. I also think he's kind of had some. He's kind of had. If if you look at this and Tenet as his like major, you know, the two major movies he's done, because obviously Black Klansman was a smaller like Spike Lee thing. But if you look at Tenet and this, like, I think he, I think he makes good choices choices as to what he makes but he sort of has had um yep. things that were outside of his control affect how these how these movies were received in the sense of i mean tenet is probably nolan's least watched movie ever just because of when it happened to come out um aside from the fact that i think most people don't even fucking understand it i will freely admit that i don't um yeah and i would that movie was so good. I yeah, I gotta watch it again. It. I really, I still don't really comprehend it, but I gotta watch it again. Um, 
And I do think this this movie was hurt to a degree by I mean, Josh is right that I think most audiences don't bother with like with like singular sci-fi movies unless they have some sort of franchise tag on them now. But I also think yeah. this movie w- was kind of hurt by the SAG after strike and the fact that he and the kid can't go out and promote anything. You know, like I almost think this this could have been the thing if, you know, 10 years ago if this had been made, this could have been the thing that put him on the map just because, you know, I could see this being something that a lot of people might have gone to if you could do the normal promotion run for this. Um, and no, I agree. This could have been no, the I don't thing think that... it's got the, like, word of mouth buzz. I don't think it had the reviews. Like, you know, you think, I mean, obviously The Matrix would be the modern gold standard, but something like The Matrix comes out, everybody goes absolutely nuts for it. Um, but what a lot of people yeah. were saying with this one was it was the best sci-fi movie they had seen since Arrival, and Arrival did have that level of buzz, did have, like, just, it was an overnight sensation. Um, I haven't heard anybody talking about this at all, and it's been out for, what, like, two, three weeks now? Weeks, yeah. I actually, I actually, uh, you know, had, because I go to a lot of movies, which we all know, and um, uh, people in my office will ask me, you know, was I going to go see whatever? And I mentioned this, and I don't think the people who asked me even knew what it was. And they were like, when did you suddenly get all Jesus-y? What the hell are you doing? Um, you know, so yeah, I just don't think this was... This was not something that I think was had appeal to a lot of people. I do think the, the trailers kind of gave a lot of it away, too. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean... I feel like the the to me the gold standard for a, for a sci-fi movie trailer of the last 20 25 years was the original Matrix because it gave you just enough to go like is like probably the go-to. Okay, yeah. I I I don't recall that one too much, but I sh- I should go back and look at that, but I just remember like collapsing, the like, you know, folding in on themselves, kaleidoscope buildings and you know, it was like a spy yeah. intrigue thriller with all the sci-fi shit and people. And then you had, of course, the, uh, the boong, you know, that's still yeah. a meme just from that trailer. I just remember the when the first trailer for The Matrix came out and there was just enough stuff to be like, because I thought it was just like your standard action movie. And then there's just enough stuff to be like, hey, wait, that's not what? And then, yeah, you know. The whole thing with Keanu doing the whoa, which a lot of people mocked at the time, but I remember going to see that the day, like the weekend it came out, having no fucking clue what it even was and being blown away by it at the time. And I mean, I feel like a a trailer campaign that was a little more subtle for this would have helped because, I mean, as much as I did enjoy it, I feel like if you're, if you're, paying any degree of attention the whole thing is laid out for you almost well Um, you know everything we said about from the beginning the the circles that we run in and the the marketing i'm wondering if the star wars thing hurt it because in trying to make it look like you know hey this might be star wars people were more likely to be like oh i don't care oh i'll just wait till it hits disney plus i mean the the title didn't do it any favors i don't know what the hell the creator is or or why they called it that (laughs) Well, I think the creator was supposed to be the wife. 
Yeah, but it's like the creator of what? I mean, if it's Alfie, like, who cares? And then that brings up the discussion I was waiting for. If you're going to build this ultimate super weapon, why do you build it into a child robot that has to age in real time? Like, just put it on a flash drive and, and put it in, like, you know, a fucking titanium unbreakable uh, cylinder or something. Yeah. I, I do want... Yeah, you're right. I do think there's a Can lot... I have for this? Because I well, I mean, they do it because the kid is cute and they want the audience to give a shit and emote with the kid, and that's all well and good, but at the end of the day, it's yeah, a paperweight. But, but for me, for me, that's one... Uh, I would go and say, like, the only contradiction with the movie is they set it up to the point where it's okay to tackle the creator problem. Uh, I think I was also baffled for exactly the creator. But then when you see the movie and it actually gives you like, I don't know whether it's an Indian for creator or whatever, it kind of gives you, gives you an explanation. They use their word type wherever is building the, the androids. And I thought... Right, no, I, I got I that literally. What I'm saying is in, in terms of mass market appeal, if you're going to call something oh, the yeah. creator, like John said... People in his office think it's like a Christian movie. The general public is going to be like, you know, the creator of what? And if the answer is harmless yeah, robot, they could have left the, the Indian name in it. The made that title. It'd be a lot more. Yeah, probably. Feeling for probably a lot more people in. They'd be like, what exactly does that mean? But at one point, they do actually explain the kid, and I can't really remember. Remember all that uh, the wife actually made it that way, where it's a child. But uh, well, it's a kid because it's like the reincarnation of his unborn child. Yeah, it was modeled after their yeah, unborn. But that was the idea. Oh yeah, I know that one. But it, it's like as far as the, it was that. It, uh, oh well, it's a kid because yeah, it I'm, needs I'm to of, physically mature. It, it, it no. The reason was it needed to physically mature to reach the ultimate power, so that it could like target anything anywhere in the in the world or in the universe. But you didn't have to make it a kid that would actually be like a vulnerable child and, and age. Like you could just put it in a flash drive that like sits for twenty five years. Yeah, but by giving it it's a real of its own, like you can make the decision whether or not they're gonna destroy the world or not. But what's the Contradiction for me was uh, what Anabi at one point said: like the only way to destroy the ultimate weapon, or whatever the thing in the sky called, the only way to destroy that is by sacrificing it. It's like he has right. to die. So was my concern was like, why make it a child if it's going to save the world? Anyway. Well, and then so the other thing, like I said, they set up. I mean, you could just do a backup, and you know, this one dies, and then you just download the consciousness to the backup like i mean they, I, I get what they're going for they set up a lot of emotional things but the second you use logic to think about it it's like there's not really much stakes here you know yeah like yeah, if they didn't have the ability the to download a consciousness or all, all they had to say was you know if you download a new consciousness if you reboot a robot all of the memories, everything is gone, and it'll never be the same. You're starting, like, you know, with a factory reset, but you're not. 
they're, they showed it that like, you know, people can download their consciousness and it'll be like, you know, you from two hours ago. So if you could do it with people, you could do it with robots. If you do it with robots, there's no stakes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, in, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Um, I mean, I kind of hung up more on some of the smaller shit, but I mean, I also do want to credit the, um, the actress that played the robot, whose name I don't have in front of me. Um, yes, I thought great. she was, I thought she was excellent in the sense of like, you know, uh, a lot of child act. Child uh, nice. You want to repeat that actually part of that cutout. Okay. Yeah, she was great. Um, I mean, it's, I found it interesting because doesn't actually have a lot of lines and a lot of it, a lot of her performances conveyed in like looks and, and just body language and stuff. I mean, well, her, and you know, she was like, you went silent there, dude. Or control. Um, so like at one point they have like the bomb robot that crosses the bridge and then she like touches it and sends it back to blow up the bridge to defend the stronghold. Yep. But they also set it up that like she could do it mentally. So, you know, like a lot of it banked on, we needed a kid, we needed the kid to be cute. So the audience would care, but you know, a laptop would have sufficed just the same. Yeah, I think they try to make some argument that I think as... she was a walking man or an EMP. A walking what? EMP, how it does yeah. the EMP. Right, right. And the whole as she grows her was bigger because she can charge her battery. Yeah. Or or whatever. Yep. So I think I think what I think what they were trying to do with that is like they were trying to say is she you know, the range of her abilities to interface with mechanical stuff improved as she, you know, developed it, I guess. And, like, I just, you know, to me it just seems like that that's kind of a silly way to go about it, almost. So, here's another question, and, like, this is the one that, like, you know, when you start asking, you're like, alright, I shouldn't be asking these questions. If the idea is that it's an actual you know, for lack of a better word, child that's going to age in real time and by aging it's going to, you know, grow like people do. Do, do they just, like, build it a new endoskeleton every couple of months? Like, does it grow metal? I mean, they don't explain that shit at all. Yeah, I mean... Is it always going to be a... I, I just kind of assume because they don't really get into, you know... They never really. So she is of a of a robot design where there are a lot of of these similar robots like this, and um, I think w- the way I interpreted it was that it's always going to be a child. It's just whether it's going to it's going to like learn more exponentially, and it's not physically going to grow any. It's just going to. I thought you know, it was the, physically grow. I thought it started out as like a physical robot baby. And like it was physically changing over I was, time. I, was I don't know. I don't remember if they bring this up. I'm pretty sure it was the flashbacks. One of the flashbacks when uh, 
uh, the show first being created, he's actually a tiny baby. I think. Yeah, exactly. So oh, that's right. Have a body. So, so yeah, I mean, like, it's one thing if it's like cardboard. No, but I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, would she naturally grown as a king? Right, I get mm. that, but I'm saying the metal part, like just the back of the head, is different on her because she's a child versus like you know on Ken Watanabe because he's yeah, but I think he grows as well. That's the whole point why she was created. I think. Her grows, everything grows. The whole yeah. back of her grows together with the body. I mean, if you can accept the metal growing, that that's fine. I'm one of the ones that's like, this does not make sense. Josh, I don't think and like you're, it, it, you're it wrong. Would make sense if like basically it was like a, a firmware update where like you know Vic Stone, they basically just slide in new parts and like she goes in like a little docking bay and like comes out and she's a different shape and size that would be fine but they never set that up for any of the other robots right i don't i don't think you're wrong to but it's not for her because they set it up they they explain her existence they do it in a way where they say like she's different not, not just in the fact and have powers but every single of the robot to run into treats her like this is the first species because he can do something I, that none of us none of the rest of us i, I get all of that i mean I'm like guessing they exactly in, grow. In, i i get all that they could say in universe she's basically like magneto she could fly in a little floating electrical prism she could control any machine on the planet my suspension of disbelief just stops with how does the metal grow like if if the metal is actually organic, they need to say that. Yeah, I I don't think you're you're wrong to hang up on these things. I think the the reason I didn't really hang up on any of that stuff was this is one of those sci-fi movies where you're just kind of dropped into the middle of a world, right? And it yeah. doesn't really it doesn't really spend that much time like giving you a shitload of exposition to be like, okay, well, this is why this is this way and whatever. Right. Um, so while I don't think you're wrong to do that, I think they're just kind of, I think the, the hope of the filmmakers is that you'll just kind of give it all this stuff and not really, cause I don't, I don't think stuff like that is, is relevant to what they're trying to do with this movie. I completely agreed. It's just, you know, I can only do that so far. And this was the main thing where I like the other thing is all just pl practical logistics. And I'm like, okay, I get for sake of a movie. It looks like a little kid because they want the audience to give a shit. Didn't have to, but it makes sense. Um, right. The, the metal growing thing. It's like, all you need is one line of dialogue saying that she's an experimental organic prototype where the metal is completely organic. That's all you needed. Okay. See, I, when you I show just... other robots that are, you know, adult sized people, and they don't grow and they don't change, then it's like, well, why is it she does what they don't? Yeah. I just kind of assume that, even though they don't say it, because you're right. She does, like, if you compare the way the kid looks to, like, Ken Watanabe, where, like, I think they did something to his face where he doesn't quite look human. Like, you can tell it's yes. Ken Watanabe, but he has some, you know, there's some, like, weird affect to the way his face looks where you can tell he's not and obviously he's got the the hole in his head that they all have 
but I mean, I think with the kid, it's supposed to look way more like a real human, just with some of that stuff integrated into it. Um, well, I mean, like that right so, there is its own question. Like, if the robots are at war with the people and the robots build themselves, why would they put themselves like passing human faces and then still be identified as robots? Wouldn't it be easier to live in or blend into a society where you just look like a person? Well, they weren't trying to do that, though. I don't think the goal of the, but, the robot population was ever to do that. Well, because I think right, the but, way that... I think the way that society worked, it wasn't like once they got to the point where they were no longer like subservient to people, it was just like, why should we have to do that? Um, you know, I think I I don't think this movie is about that. Then it becomes like invasion of the fucking body snatchers or some shit. No, no, I get. I'm just saying, like, if the robots are that persecuted that like the government is systematically going after them with this like nomad thing. Wouldn't you want to just pass like normal so that you're not on their radar? Yeah, you would think. Now, the here's the thing that I had. Yeah, but at that point, they was still have to hide because there was at one point government would find out that then they'd be scratching their faces or whatever. So it's like going. Well, yeah, sure, but like if, if all they needed was like one police freedom of you know. No, I, I agree, but yeah. all you need is, like, one scene or, like, one mention of, you know, well, like, some of these robots have, you know, made themselves look human, and, you know, some are found out, and some are still passing, and they're hiding amongst us, you know? Yeah. Now, similar, uh, kind of an offshoot of that was kind of the thing that I hung up on, and it has less to do with the with the technical aspects of any of it, but I was just kind of... Like, I get the idea of the Nomad thing, which is basically like a, a giant space weapon platform where that was basically constructed by what I'm, you know, by the United States government. And they're basically dropping nukes on anywhere they find robots to be. Right. Right. I guess I guess my biggest thing was the the geopolitics of it all in the sense of, you know, there is this you're told in these early like newsreel scenes and it was actually meant to look like newsreel stuff too which i thought was kind of cute um but you're you're told in that stuff that you know there was a robot population in the u.s then after the the thing where the robots supposedly uh nuke the u.s they all get booted out or hunted down and a bunch of them go live in what like you said the movie calls new asia right Mm -hmm. and i think I think where I had a hang-up was um, it's not like this New Asia thing is all robots and there are no people. It's There are people there that are not bothered by, you know, any people that you see in this New Asia area are not, like, particularly bothered by the idea of these robots, and they just kind of allow them to live there. So, right. like, what is the what is the geopolitical imprimatur for our government to go take this giant weapons platform and just drop nukes on Asia for essentially no fucking reason, because like there, there's this segment of the population that, yeah, we don't like, but I mean, that, that gives us the right to drop a bunch of nuclear bombs on Japan because these people that we don't like just happen to be there. Like, 
okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that was basically the point of the movie was, you know, we have this super weapon. We need to find a way to justify being able to use it, get the public on board with it. But theoretically, we could just use it at any time. So they kind of come up with the whole story about, you know, well, Alfie is like this super weapon and, you know, it just needs to be taken out. Uh, and then little by little, like the blanks are filled in and you find out what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, was it, was a, it was a commentary on, you know, U.S. foreign policy and, and drone strikes and, uh, yeah. you know, whether or not they're warranted and, and when and if they're warranted. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that that was my big thing, and I, I wasn't, like, especially bothered by it, because, like, I got the larger statement it was trying to make. I was just like, there's not a single person asking the question, like, why are we just blindly doing this? Well, I mean, to me, the bigger question was, why did they need Nomad, like, which is basically a Death Star ripoff, except for the spectacle, like, they knew where all the robots were all along. If they wanted to nuke New Asia, I mean, they, they could have just done that. Well, especially if they, they were... if they Robots were, in general were... They didn't know where the robot was. The idea wasn't just to nuke all Asia. It was actual the robot. And in order to do that, you need to know which they didn't. Well... Yeah, or you just take out all of New Asia and then you accomplished your mission anyway. Yeah, I guess my whole thing was like, and again, I did really like this movie. This is probably my top five of the year, but I'm going to sound like I'm getting pretty nitpicky here. But this is just as stuff I'm thinking about as we're talking about it. Um, it seemed like the whole reason for having... Uh, John David Washington's character go looking for this kid and whatever was to, you know, commit this like surgical strike to get rid of the, the creator person, which had this code name of like this Indian word. It was like normal or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, Cause I, again, I saw this like two weeks ago. Uh, I was like, like near me. Uh, yeah. Something like that. So I think where I had the disconnect. Uh, Nirmada, that was it. Okay, yep. Okay. So yeah. where I had this disconnect was like, so you have this guy trying to give you this information so you can commit this surgical strike and get rid of this one individual, but you're going to do that with a big giant fucking nuclear platform where you're going to take out a bunch of shit around it. You know, it's like, wouldn't the whole idea be to just, you know, take the one person out and then, you know, not risk like the public backlash of nuking like a city block. <laughs> uh, I mean, that part actually made sense to me. Basically you, you make sure on the ground that you have taken out your one individual target. That way you can confirm. And then at that point you can make up whatever story you want about them. And then you have your, space station that can just take out the rest of the rebellion, the rest of the surrounding area, and you can write whatever story you want as to why. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's a way to look at that, too. Yeah. yeah I mean, look really at how many stories were there. How many stories were there of, you know, oh, we got Bin Laden, oh, we got Bin Laden, 
And then it's not until SEAL Team 6 where it's like, oh, we actually got him. Here's a picture of it. Yeah. Yep. You're right. A lot of this is about, you know, controlling narratives and stuff. It actually kind of remind. It kind of seemed like the, and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about this movie already. It kind of reminded, it seemed to me like the better version of the stuff from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning where they just yammered about the entity for two hours. Um, yeah. You know, like the whole idea of, you know, controlling narratives and, and being in control of the, the flow of information as to how this conflict was going to be perceived and stuff. I also want to credit just for the the camp factor of this particular performance, uh, Allison Janney doing her best Stephen Lang from Avatar. Um, she was pretty bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was probably the the low light for me in that it was just. Uh, what's that? Uh, that's her character in the West. Okay. DJ. I for I forgot that the Allison Janney character even had a name in this movie. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, she just uh, she's pretty one note. She basically does the Colonel Quaritch thing for the whole two fifteen. Um, and and uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking that you know you know when you get somebody of her caliber in there that maybe at some point she was going to be the one who's going to be like. Maybe this is wrong. Maybe this is the wrong way to be doing this. But no, they never do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, that's I don't want to you know knock Allison Janney for that or or the the writing of it if that's what they wanted to do with the role. Fine, but I just I think I expected more of it because it was her, and it wasn't some just like random generic person. Um, trying to think what else is uh, yeah, I almost feel like I should have found some way to watch this again before we did this because uh, my memory of this is not great. Um, yeah, and I mean, the whole thing ends with, you know, they uh, John David Washington and the kid go up to the Nomad thing and try to blow it up, basically. And uh, that, that scene's fairly well executed as well. I mean, it goes for a good 20 minutes, half an hour, you know. I did think, though, that um, the kid was almost too powerful, and there it didn't seem like there was all that much threat against them for getting up there. I mean, yeah, there was, there was some sort of time clock, though, right? Weren't they trying to do it before, like, some big strike could be done? But I could have used a little more, like... Yeah, they were... Ever... They did to actually all the rebel bases and throw them all up. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Right. So they're trying to do it before that that was completed. Then, um, I guess I I guess I could have just used like once they got up there, like I could have just used like a bit more of a direct threat to them in that case because they're just basically they're basically just running around this pretty much empty space station um until they get to the the part of that they need to to blow it up it's like yeah and yeah because they had to be in the control room yeah oh i get that i just wonder if there there would be a way to like 
add like something where he actually has to fight somebody or or you know he has to like have some sort of like philosophical discussion with somebody about like why are we actually doing this you know like isn't there another way to go about this you know um and i did i did think you know obviously not yeah i also i mean and we talked about how this this tries to set up a lot of like emotional payoffs and stuff i i get the idea and i get that it's supposed to have weight that you know the wife designed this kid based on what their unborn child would have looked like right but i almost needed a little and obviously uh the one thing we didn't really get into because i don't think we've talked about a lot of the larger thematic things here is that um the the john david washington character like at the beginning and throughout most of it he doesn't really give a shit about robots because he's very much like they're not people fuck them right yeah uh and the fact that the fact that the wife you find out in one of the flashback scenes the wife was basically adopted by and raised by robots so she doesn't have the same you know they had that scene at the beginning where you think the wife died in one of the nomad explosions and like they're living in this commune of robots and you find out that like you know she was raised by robots after her human parents died and she doesn't view them in the same way that most other humans do um and also like for as much as he spends most of this movie going like i guess i have to do this but i don't give a flying shit about any of these robots like what the fuck and then at the end like he suddenly you know and it's not sudden but like i could use i could have used a little more reasoning for him to actually give a crap about the kid beyond like oh this is what my kid would have been okay because by the end of it you know by the end of it he's willing to give up his own life to save the save the robot kid and i feel like you know it needed a little yeah, I'm not just willing to give it no he does he he stays on nomad and it blows up and the kid the kid goes back to earth but i mean i i could have used a little more of like if that is how he really feels at the end like give me a little more to show that than like oh this this weird robot child is basically my own kid okay um you know and that's that's fine. I mean, I think for most audiences, that's going to be enough. But for me, I was just like, you know, this guy is so aggressively anti-robot. I don't buy how quickly he switched this around. Um, that's just me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I can I see it. I get where you're going with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think for a lot of people, it's probably going to be fine. I just, you know, and I don't, I don't think by any means is, is a lot of this like poorly written or anything. I just, you know, for as long as it is, they, there could have been, and I'm not even entirely sure what those things would have been, but there could have been other things you could have done to add to this a little more than to just go like in the last 10 minutes, have them go like, oh yeah, I actually, you know, there's a robot I don't hate. Um, because it kind of looks like my kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed this movie, and I, I'm almost kind of 
sad that it's not going to do well enough. You know, not that I, I don't necessarily need a sequel to this, but I think the the way this has performed is bad for, um, I, I don't want to call them independent sci-fi movies, but it's the first term that came to mind. But like these non-franchise, non-IP sci-fi films, you know, this is just another nail in the coffin of that because I feel like any studio now is going to look at that and go like, hey, look at what they spent on that. You couldn't even get that back. Um, I mean, they're going to continue to make them. Like, if you want, you know, a, a much, much better uh, AI movie with almost similar to be Jack Mackinac, um, oh, yeah. You know, it made 25 mil. Like, these movies don't make money. That's just sci fi. That's always been sci fi outside of the 1950s. Um, you know, you either need a lightning in the bottle gimmick or a movie star attached to it. Or, like you said, now it has to be franchise. And the problem with franchise is, you know, then you're basically just saying, oh, it's a, it's a Marvel movie. And if that's what people are passing off as sci fi right now, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, as far as mass market sci-fi, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I almost think, like, flat out, you know, and I'll call this a hard science fiction movie, um, but I almost think stuff like that is almost more the more the province of, like, independence now, and, like, stuff... A24 made Ex Machina, correct? I mean... Uh, I think- was it A24? I thought it was. It's one of the few A24 movies I think I've seen. Um, Maybe? Let me see. I could be wrong about that, though. Uh, yep, it was A24. Yeah, so I mean... Uh, it is also I on uh, HBO Max and Hulu, so if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's great. Oh, yeah. De- definitely watch that if you haven't, and maybe at some point in the future we should try to do a show on it um yeah uh i'm trying to think was there anything else we i think we hit pretty much all the points with this i just you know um i i would have liked to have seen what this would have done if this if this exact same movie had been released say 10 years ago with the theatrical climate being what it is being what it was then i'm curious to see what this would have done it probably would have done double but i can't imagine it being like a runaway hit oh no probably not that but i definitely think you're not talking about this isn't going to make its budget back 10 years ago um you know but uh yeah Easy. Yeah, I think you know, it decent could. open weekend, and I think press for I I think press would have at least raised its profile a little bit, where most people would be yeah. Like, hmm, yeah, it's worth watching. Again, well, I go back to the creator. If you switch the name and use the, I think the the it draws more people in. It's like hmm, I wonder what this is about. Yeah, like oh, what is it? Religious movie? A lot of money. Say that what again, happened? Josh. You, I said it's Godzilla. Me, I obviously. Oh, did he make Godzilla? 
Did he make what? Did, yeah, he made Godzilla. Did he make he the, made the, the 2014? Yeah, G, Godzilla. With Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen and Brian Cranston yeah. getting yep. eaten? Yeah, yep. okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, he also did the Raid movies, right? This is... Okay. I like those a lot. Uh, not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, as far as... So this was like my... You know, this is probably the 10th movie I went to see in a theater this year, somewhere in that range. I really haven't done a lot of uh, theatrical movies this year. And um, this was actually interesting enough to get me out the door, um, which, you know, says quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd like to see more movies like this made, like more of these sort of like singular sci-fi movies. Um, and we'll have to see if any what in the next few months actually, uh, if anything else like this comes out in the next few months. Um this will definitely come up again in my uh, end of the year top 10, my part of the end of the year top 10 show, which we're going to end up doing again, probably. That's probably mine as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as I'm trying to think of, uh, I guess we can close this out with, is there anything else for the rest of the year that you guys are interested in seeing uh, as we're in mid-October now? Well, I mean, it, it is only mid-October, so there's still a, a ton of stuff coming. Um, speaking of A24, we can, we can cover the actual news. Uh, the rumored story all day was that A24 won the bidding war and got the rights to the Halloween franchise. That was not true. Uh, apparently, the TV rights have gone to Miramax, so they are now talking about endless Halloween TV shows. We don't know if that's going to be the standard formula and characters or it's going to be like a anthology thing which is what john carpenter actually originally intended uh but that is the official press release oh yeah an a24 halloween would have been interesting yeah i'm not a horror guy so that's just more stuff i cannot care about so Okay. Yeah. Although that is um, a as as for other stuff, are we doing Gen V at all, Sarah? And I've been watching that. It's pretty good. I haven't even I haven't even started uh, that yet. I haven't started uh, that. I haven't started Loki again. I know it's a full episode. I haven't seen it yet. I've been. Uh, just, I'm going to. Uh, so we I believe the fifth episode will be out tomorrow. There's eight in total, so you guys have plenty of time to catch up. Uh, yeah, I can it's a direct spin-off. I think my idea was uh, my idea was to wait till it ends. Yeah, it's probably yeah, that's probably good idea. Uh, yeah. I also saw in uh, other TV news the 2023 version of Frasier started today, um, which I'll have to go take a look. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't Day. necessarily think I'm not sure we're going to review that or whatever. No, today's the twelfth, right? Maybe you got it earlier, being where you are. But um, yeah, yeah. And I, I will mention, we'll mention this again. We'll mention this again on whenever we do a Trek show again. But in similar um, streaming news, uh, Star Trek Prodigy was picked up by Netflix for season two. So 
we're not done with that yet. Um, we'll have to talk about how we're going to review that, given that they're probably going to dump it. Um, and that's not how we, yeah. that's not how we've done it in the past, but um, we'll have to figure that out. Uh, so yeah, some some news. I do as far as for me, the stuff I'm thinking about going to see for the rest of the year, off the top of my head, um, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, possibly the Marvels, depending on what my wife wants to do, because uh, I might not, because probably it's probably going to be too short for my. I have a personal uh, length rule for theatrical trips, and it's too short. Um, Napoleon, if that actually comes out here anywhere, which I hope it does. And uh, those were the big ones for me, uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Napoleon. Uh, there's actually, there's, yeah, I'm really, really looking for Napoleon to see what we yeah. did with it. Uh, but there's also well, the Latin driver Ferrari. Really, really. Oh, is that this year? I definitely want to. I definitely want to see uh, that as well. I, I will. Uh, for yeah. us, it is. And there's okay. a, uh, there's a that's based on a book, uh, the Ring's Daughter or something like that, starting uh, Daisy Ridley. Oh, that's the that's, that one should be. Yeah. Interesting. I also saw something, a trailer for something called The Bike Riders with uh Austin Butler and Tom Hardy about like a seventies uh. Sons of Anarchy type. Yeah, but I think it's next year. Oh, I is it? it? Okay. Next year, I think. Oh, okay. That would be interesting. But as far as the I was definitely chilling me, uh, of course, the Marvel, there's the Apple, there's the Hunger Games. One. Yeah. Those are all I'm probably going to end up seeing. I'm interested in Aquaman 2. I still have like six, seven movies, eight, end of the year. And Wonka's oh. coming out. So like this, I'm really interesting and there's still mm-hmm. stuff okay. uh, that I want to see okay. by the end of the year. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to touch base on the Gen V thing. I definitely do want to watch that, and we'll we'll figure that out once that finishes up. Um, I feel like oh, yeah, we should course. try to do. I feel like we should the end of the year, and then once I think January hits, I'm gonna be for year. Yeah, January usually uh, takes time off. I feel like we should also do a no There's no. Yeah. Nice. I feel like we should also do Ahsoka at some point, but I haven't finished that either, and and I have no. I got two more episodes. Yeah, it would help to go. If... And I have some gripes as far as what they're doing with the Wars world in general, where everybody's the Jedi. That I really yeah. have gripes with, but like put that aside, I'm actually digging the show. I think this show is doing yeah, good. I liked, yeah, I like the yeah, first you can two. See the obvious fault in everything Disney Star Trek, but like at the same time, it's like I got gripes, oh. which I don't think that's on the basis that you didn't see Clone Rebels. But if you no, had them, you'd be like, them. "What the heck are they doing with this thing?" Oh, I, but I yeah, like that's... you don't have yes. those faults because like. Yeah, they're coming to this actually, this actually is really making odd. me want, this actually is making me want to go back and watch some of that where like just Brent saying go back and watch so I recommend watching it because you can fly through them really quickly but I would yeah. actually wait to watch 
soca before going oh, I'm going to finish Just, it. I'm going to finish it first. So you can book Yeah, I'm going to finish it. I'm yeah. going to finish the soca first before I actually oh, do Clone it. Wars, I mean, they're, they're short. Like, you're looking at 20 minutes episodes like you can fly through it really fast yeah there's a lot of them though isn't there uh, but you have like eight seasons of clone wars i think or seven after and you have season of yeah, nice all right well, well um but it's like it's same style you know it's prodigy i think we brought that up when we were doing prodigy stuff it's the yeah. same style of animation and everything it's like you're really gonna enjoy it like that oh, that's cool. I'm Glorious looking forward there. to that actually. I'll let you know when I finish that, and then maybe we can figure out who wants to actually record that. I'm actually be nice if we really, really surprised and seen it at this point. No, I've just been busy with work, and and I mean, I'm like a month behind the line. No, I get, and... get it, but it's like no. I mean, in, like, this is something yeah. that's a recce and a warsy and you know ugly as as i am like you'd have something joy so yeah and i you know, i so i watched the first not two like why handsomely but like by the time from the time out it's like you know i watched the first two and i did really like the first two i just haven't had time to go back and watch the rest um so yeah uh we I, will, I mean i was referring to clone wars and wrestle oh yeah Oh no, I I think the thing that turned yeah. me off with the Clone Wars was that that like pilot movie that they did where they just carted around like a baby hut for 90 minutes. It was kind of like all right. I guess um what I didn't realize was that David Tennant is involved. You you definitely appreciate both Clone Wars and Rock. Yeah, I'll let you know when yeah. I've actually had it's on my list of things to at least start when um when she goes out of town a couple times in the next couple of months. So maybe I will uh, have a chance to do that. I mean, if we can definitely get a panel to do it. Yeah, that's like, cool. Boris is going to get off of work after October. So like he's going to have, as long as it's like Saturday, Sunday, where we usually do, like he'd definitely be up for that stuff. Oh, we can definitely do that. Yeah. All right. Let me, Um, I'm going to go yeah. have dinner and I'll get this posted probably tomorrow or Saturday or something. And we'll, Another good show, boys. Nice job. Sounds so, good. Let me turn off the robot here. Yeah. And then we're all right.